1800s, the Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Hi, welcome to the Circuit Riders Podcast. We're glad you could join us today. We're going to be talking about no roads neither. And I want, I want to invite in Steve McVeigh from Dirt Roads Network, uh, Doug Rutledge from Crossroads Farms, which is a great youth ministry, and myself, I'm Michael Hool, Small Town Vineyard USA. We are glad you could join us today to talk about no roads neither. It's the pitfalls and decisions that may knock us off our horse. You know, if you think about circuit riders and horses, that's their mode of transportation. It takes you off your game, doesn't it? When you think about where you can find our podcast, too, if you haven't missed our first two, we want to enjoy, invite you for that. It's a bi-weekly podcast. You can find it on iTunes, any of the first Facebook pages we mentioned, Dirt Road Networks, Crossroad Farms, Vineyard USA, Small Town, or you can go to www.podcast.com backslash circuit dash riders dash podcast. Please subscribe to any of them and share. Share with your people. We'd love to have you join us and hear the other things. So if you missed the first two, here's what you missed. First was why another podcast? And we kind of walked through who we were and the purpose. We're small town guys from small town America, just living out the dream of it's a small town. As, as uh, John Cougar Millencamp said, I was born in a small town. I'll probably die in a small town. And that's kind of where we were and our heart for, for rural America. And the second one was avoiding the Donner Pass. If you know the Donner Pass is look it up. You'll probably turn Google off after that for a few minutes, but it didn't end well. <laughs> and, and so that was like how to respond in this time of not winning. Like you can't win in these scenarios, right? We, we, we actually talked about that Donner Pass and rural America needs are particular, especially the answers that we have to go through, and especially regarding this time of COVID. And then also just being the, the voice of peace at, at all costs of white division, and just kind of pushing an, an agenda. Like we don't want to preach to people, we want to actually be good listeners. One of the things that we, we talked about was the reality of being kind and loving and listening. And I know it sounds so simple and so basic, but that's one of the things we did talk about. We also want you to pick sides. One of the realities we came to the conclusion of COVID and even the tensions around this time is picking a side is dangerous. And by the way, there's really only one side we're all on and that's Jesus and God's kingdom. So we stress that as well. And then we said, you know what? Make sure you're kind to one another. Make sure you're a good neighbor. Make sure you're generous. Make sure you're a generous people. Uh, the churches I think are going to be marked in this next season is an Acts 2, 42 church where they're generous and loving and caring. And that means you got to gather people around you that are going to be influential voices and pray for that. You need to pray for the people who have influence in your church community. You need to pray and let's see what the Holy Spirit is doing, what God is moving. And of course, all of those things that lead you to smaller gatherings, which means you want to commit to an effective small group strategy. So if all that said, to recap all those things, 
we head off to what do we do now for no roads neither. I'll tell you, there's days when I've walked off a path in the woods and I thought I'm never coming home. And I think a lot of us wonder the same thing if we're lost in the wilderness permanently, like we might be in 40 years of Israel. But I have hope for us today. So today I want to really just talk about how we chart a course out of COVID. And we know no one's done that. And of course, we really believe in the Bible here at Circuit Riders. And I want to share from 1 Kings chapter 19. It says this, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And that's a great question for us. What are we doing here? I think that's what God is challenging us on. So that said, I'm going to turn it over to Steve and Doug. I mean, Steve, maybe you can share it first. Like, what are we doing here, Steve? Yeah, well, I think, you know, like the whole idea is that no one has ever faced a pandemic, the racial tensions that we're facing right now, and the idea that we're trying to find ways to gather in a world that isn't supposed to gather. I, I think, like Doug and I were talking the other day, we, we all want to hear from someone who's done it before what we're supposed to do. And it just doesn't work that way. And in a way, we're being forced to go back and be pioneers. And, and what I think of, and I'm sorry, I just, you know, I live way out in the middle of nowhere. And until recently, if you typed in our physical address into like your GPS or your phone, you could, it wouldn't take you, it would take you to a Casey's gas station seven miles from us, because that's like the center of Madison, Kansas, <laughs> even though we're in Lamont. And so then people had to take our directions and they weren't used to it. And they're like, how do we get there? And, and so it, it just feels, I mean, like I want an expert to tell me what I'm supposed to do next and nobody, and I mean, nobody knows. And the few that are trying to tell me live in huge cities. And, and the yeah. advice they give would be great if I had 17 staff members, I could do all those things. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Steve. There, no one knows. So, Doug, you know, I was thinking about that. I feel like I'm going to make a mistake. I just said not know about you. Yeah. Well, okay, so my, my ministry career is nothing if not to show you what not to do. That's, that's my pattern of ministry. <laughs> so uh, the thing that excites me about this is that I can start with the assumption that I'm going to make mistakes. Everybody is making mistakes, and there's no way around it. The great news is that God didn't call me to make perfect decisions. He called me to make faithful decisions. So a lot of times I want to make the perfect decision. I don't want to alienate people. I want to engage everyone in the process. I, I, I want this to be successful. Uh, and, you know, frankly, I want some people to pat me on the back along the way. You know, I wanted to start with the fact that that first passage that you read is powerful. God was not in the storm. He, he wasn't in the chaos. And, you know, I'm looking for him. I'm like, okay, where are you, God? Where are you in the chaos? And he says, I'm right over here. I'm, I'm still whispering to you. I think that this is a time for, for leaders to fall on their faces before God and say, I have to make a decision 
Lord, what's it look like? And then to act boldly. But there are a lot of components to that. I want to include other people. You know, I, I want my team to be inspired. We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I, I will start by saying this, that a wise decision is almost never a perfect decision, but it's almost never a rash decision. <laughs> so I can't react. I want to respond. And I, I like the, the idea of asking, what do people need right now? What does my flock need right now? So uh, I know that you, you referenced that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting you say that, Doug, because I used to coach high school basketball. When I'm part of my story to come on, I was a high school basketball coach for like 15 years. And everyone assumes you made all the decisions in the game in the moment. Like if you watch your favorite football team or basketball team or baseball team, you're making, you think decisions are happening quick. They're all planned out. Like they're, they're thought out. I mean, it's never like a rash decision. To make. It's very rare. It's, it's like you figure things out as you go. You don't, you don't do that. You plan ahead. And so I think for as pastors in this moment, more than anything, is that we're going to have to like slow down, catch our breath, take a beat, trust that still small voice that we're waiting for to hear the spirit move in our hearts and our minds, and then to react to that. But I think what's been happening time and time again in our world is everybody's on social media. So I don't know about you, but it's easier to send out a, a tweet or a, or a Facebook post or an Instagram post immediately and react to everything and be mad. That's like the easiest thing to do. But as a pastor, we're not called to do that. As a leader of a church, we're not called to do that. We're called to, to make, I think, wise choices. And I think it begins by asking, like you said, what do our people need? And I think when you start to understand need and the future instead of the present, things work. Absolutely. You know, and, and just, first of all, come on, pastors, can you quit posting divisive political stuff? Oh my why, goodness. Why, why make it harder for people to come to your church? But, but if I, I want to plan what you said, Michael, the problem is, is that unlike basketball, I don't know what's around the next bend. I mean, um, our church has spent a couple of months planning, what is this going to look like for us to have VBS? We almost didn't have it. We finally decide we're going to have VBS. We have a plan, and then our governor announces that two days before VBS starts, everybody has to wear a mask from now on in almost every situation. So now what do we do with VBS? And so there's this, this unknown component to what we're facing. But, but what I, I want us to think about is what voices are we listening to? Because that, that still small voice, we, you know, we, want to be, we want to be unifiers. We want to be bold. We want to be brave. And do you know what voice we're not going to hear if we're just listening to the different factions within our church? The voice of that lost person who lives down the street. Yeah. The, or excuse me, the road. Come on, I'm going to get kicked off circuit riders if I use the word street too often. We don't have any streets out where I am, but I'm, I'm actually in a city today. That's why I, I have the word street up there. But, but, but seriously... I don't even know how to, so like back to the VBS thing, if you guys don't mind, I'll just tell you what my recommendation. Oh, yeah. you know, so basically, you know, we have some people in the church that are against masks. We have some who believe that you're not really being Jesus if you don't wear a mask after all that's being considered. I'm not going to go there. The law apparently is saying that you have to wear a mask. So I'm thinking Romans 13, wearing a mask certainly doesn't cause me to give up on Jesus or anything. So I'm not real sure what you do, but here's, here's what my suggestion is. Let's just take a picture of all our kids, put it in front of everyone who loves masks, everyone who hates masks, everyone who thinks COVID is real, those who think it isn't real, whatever. And just look at them and say, you know why we're having VBS? And, and by the way, go grab some 
pictures of kids outside your church too. We want to win these people to Jesus and disciple them. And none of this stuff matters. And by giving them that focus, we can at least understand that, that our, our eyes seem to be focused on something other than some of these things that would divide us. Oh, no, I just thought, you know, this is me. I'm, I'm the uh, visual guy. So I thought, why not lean into that? If you all have to wear masks, that's your craft for the day. And kids get to, now don't use toxic markers, okay? That, nobody wants to see kids who are stoned on, you know, Sharpie. But, uh, but, but I do love the concept of every kid doing their own mask and theme with VBS and then take a picture of them all and post it on Facebook. I mean, let's lean into the opportunities that we have right now. Hey, we could put the scripture verse of the week on every mask. <laughs> they memorize it. Yeah, or and when they when they have to quote it to us, they could look at our mask and cheat a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. These kids are these kids are committed to memory. So yeah, it's good. That's I, I do think it's fun. I think it's a fun concept. Mike, you were gonna say something. I don't know, I cut you off. Well, you know. No worries, Doug. I'm just going to say, love VBS, but uh, if you just think about your neighbor, if you think about the person down the road, if you think about the person at the grocery store or the gas station, before COVID, we'd have the conversation, honestly, most pastors, like, how do I affect my community? How, how do I bring the kingdom of God to my community? And how do we do that? Like, VBS, that's, that's the purpose of VBS, is to bring Jesus for children, to bring the kingdom of God, to share it. And, and I, tell, I tell you, I think I'm really, I think the key to this whole thing, and you're a dead man walking as a church if you don't stress evangelism at this point. Like, I, I the one thing that I've seen out of COVID in my mind, that we, we ask where the Lord's working, he's forced us to think about what gathering means again, and what community means, and what evangelism means. You know, I, so the reason that I love what we're doing here is this mutuality of conversation sparks new thought for me. And, and I think pastors need to talk to each other, first of all. It, it just dawned on me that VBS used to be run in rural communities, and we used to call them backyard clubs, backyard Bible clubs, where we weren't trying to gather 150 kids in a, a group. We were trying to get 10 or 12 kids in a backyard around a committed leader. And, you know, maybe that's the step we have to take. I, I you know, it's a little too late. We've got VBS coming, you know, but... But again, I think we've got to be bold and we've got to be agile and move. And sometimes that means, okay, this isn't going to work. What can work? And, and take the momentum from the potential and inspire the people around us. I think we have to inspire people with innovative leadership. And if you're not an innovator, then get with a group of guys who spark your thought. That, that's that's uh, gonna, it's going to move people, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to sort of, like, in my mind, clarify what we're saying in some ways is, is that, first of all, there isn't anyone who's been where you've been before, Pastor. So stop beating yourself up. Stop being fearful. You're going to have to take some steps forward. When you, when you are a mountain man or a pioneer, when you're the one blazing the trail, you're going to take some wrong turns. Give yourself, give yourself some room there. 
you may have some people leave the church. We can talk, we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, I think, or a couple of podcasts from now. There's going to be some mistakes that are made, but embrace the idea of evangelizing your community, of acting boldly. Don't allow your church to be a dead man walking. Don't just focus on, you know, trying to appease everybody. Put the vision out there. And, and because if you've seen one rural town, you've only seen one rural town, we can't tell you exactly what's going to work in your, in your community. But act boldly and put something out there that the mask and no mask people can see is bigger than the subject of mask, saving people for eternity. Absolutely. You know, and that leads us to, to a story that just happened this last Sunday in, in our church here in Chippewa Falls. I, I was really, I was really excited by that. And the amazing part about what happened this Sunday is, quick, quick backstory. My best man at my wedding and a high school friend showed up at our service Sunday. They were there for a softball tournament because we can do outdoor sports now in Wisconsin. That's the new thing for their daughters are in high school. They brought the part of the team with them. And, and I've been praying for the last 20 years for my best man at my wedding and this high school buddy of mine to get to know Jesus. It's been one of my biggest prayers. And, and the biggest thing that I realized was like my prayer, the reality was, wasn't about COVID at that moment. They showed up at church. They had never been to my church for the record. They had never had, had heard the gospel really in their lives. And so my hope and belief was that <clears throat> here's an opportunity. So the amazing, incredible part about that story is they both gave their life for Christ and four other people did as well. We had six people give their life to Jesus on Sunday. We're not a big church. Six people give their life to Christ. And that is an amazing thing. And when we had a check-in meeting to talk about of our leaders after that son, after service, the interesting part about that is we were supposed to talk about COVID and safety policies, what we're gonna do for our kids, all those things. And then man, I brought up the six salvations and my two friends, we couldn't even get to the rest of the meeting because it reminded them like what our purpose was, who we were, what we were about. And I think when we focus on what we're about as a church, no matter what community you're in, what you're about as a church, you focus on that, then you know what? Who cares what people say on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or I don't know, TikTok videos. I, I'm running out of stuff. I would just say, truth of the matter is that the big thing, and I, I believe is that, that we need to be inspired right now. And I think, Doug, that's the biggest thing that I see over and over is inspiration. Yeah, I think uh, inspiration is important. I have a friend, her name is Cheryl Batchelder, uh, and she has a reputation of taking companies that are struggling and then reforming them and relaunching them um, with some pretty good success. Uh, and I'll tell you that her mantra is that, that organizations, that people respond to leadership that have presented bold destinations. Look, if we're presenting the same thing that we presented before, nobody knew is coming. So this is a real time to think, what inspires our people? Well, you know what inspired you? your friends coming to know Jesus Christ. What inspires us? It's the concept that we get to see kids again. We're going to be outside. If it rains, that's okay. And we're going to be creative. We're going to be bold. And we're already restructuring what youth ministry looks like because we can't ever meet without more than 100 kids coming. And they don't socially distance. Like, so we divided our ministry, which is going to create more work for us. But it's exciting. We're, we're dividing and conquering, and people are inspired by it.
And, and the big thing I would say about them, I think I hear the cows coming home. Are they coming home pretty quick? I think I might be hearing them. You know, like our service is outdoors. And I am convinced the reason they showed up to our church was it was an outdoor service. So it was actually safer for them to, to hang in there. And so I think you're right. I think we have to be creative. And if you're not creative, I, I, I barely passed seventh grade art. The art teacher in seventh grade loved me enough to pass me. That was about it, or I should have failed art. I'm not an artist. I'm not. I'm just, that's not who I am. We have people around us that are, and we need to plug into the people we know, the community people we know that can help us. As Steve and um, Doug have both said, like people of inspiration. So I think, you know, I think Steve, the biggest thing I was thinking about is like, where do we go from here? How do we, what do we do next? Yeah, I, I want to go back to the scripture that you, that you really began with and the idea of hearing that still small voice, because I mean, if, if you're going to hear one thing listening to our podcast, it's going to be, well, you'll hear, there's going to be five or six things that you hear on a regular basis. And one of those things is, is that every small town is different. You are a missionary. And, and we believe that because you're a missionary, that you're called to the church that you're at, you're called to the community that you're at. And we believe that there is a way that God has gifted you, has gifted your congregation to make disciples to, and, and what we say at Dirt Roads Network is to be a life-giving, Bible-believing, community-transforming church. In this time, find that, find that goal, find that thing. And, and it, you know, BB, you know we, we talk about BBS just because that has come up in, in our life this week. But what is the thing that is going to make a difference in your community that your church can rally around that is a bold destination? Because churches that are going for things that are bold destinations don't get as hung up on the things that are sidetracking so many of us tired rural pastors today. So what is what bold destination is the Holy Spirit in that still small voice in the middle of this storm saying to you, giving to you, and then having the courage, even though you're tired, even though there's factions within your church that maybe you've never even seen before, put the vision out there and allow the, that same still small voice to speak to those people who are so caught up in the things of the world, the political stuff and the divisive stuff, and allow them to hear that voice who confirms the message that you've given, that you've received from the Holy Spirit yourself, allow that to unify you and then do something amazing. And a year from now, you'll look back and you'll say, we didn't know what we were doing, but God did. Yeah, yeah I think that's beautiful. Um, you know, Doug, I've been thinking about that next step. What, you know, when you think about next steps, what comes to mind for you? Well, I think um, we're going to create something that purposely drives us out of the box. And I, I, would, I would suggest that. Uh, inspire your people with initiative. Get them together in small groups. Have them dream for the ministry. Probably something that should have been happening all along. Now we have a reason to do it. I, I just, you know, I love the concept of team and uh, everything being different. Uh, this is funny, Mike, and it has nothing to do with spiritual stuff. I'm just going to throw this out there. You know how old you are. If you remember art class and uh, you made an ashtray and that was acceptable. So that's uh, one of those. It's one of those things. That's where my mind went. Just my mind went to the ashtray that I made for nobody in my family who smokes. I, I don't know what that was. The only thing I could make. So 
Uh, yeah, I step in with that brilliant spiritual piece of information. I'm, I'm just saying step into something new and innovative, man. Just, just ask people to dream big dreams with them and, and then be willing to go, hey, if it works for two weeks, it's going to work for two weeks. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. But God's got us on a bold new destination and we're going to figure it out together. And we're going to have stories of, of hundreds of people coming to know Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe just perhaps that's what Jesus is up to here, is making us think outside the box. Yeah. We, we, we have a, th a, a joke in our church. We, we do three signs for every event we do. We, we, we tap our chest for our heart to be a servant heart of Jesus. We put a towel, like we're hanging a towel over an arm like a butler to say service. The last one is we put up our index finger and we bend it. And we say we need to be flexible. No, no, the, the first finger. Please, no inappropriate fingers. <laughs> this is the joke in our church, too. Please use the index finger. Bend it up and down and be flexible. And so pastors out there, please be flexible. Yeah. Like, you're going to try something. It may work for a week. It may flounder for a week. It may not work and show up and work again. But just be flexible. Knowing that the Holy Spirit's always on the move, and therefore we're always an opportunity to be free. I think as we wrap up here today, I just want to, like, stress that, you know, we're in this with you, pastors. We're for you and we love you. And remind yourself of this as you go through this stuff, as you're working through and going, man, I, I just don't know. This is like, this is beyond my capabilities. Say, yeah, welcome to the team. We're all beyond all ours. That's why we need Jesus. See, that's the whole point of Paul says, you know, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And the beauty of it is that's what Jesus offers for us today. So I hope you've had a great time on this podcast. I hope you listen to the next ones. Please subscribe to it. Please know that any questions you have, our emails will be available um, along with this. Plus, our sponsors, please reach out to them. They're great organizations from Dirt Roads to Crossroad Farms to uh, Multiply Vineyard, Small Town Vineyard USA. We're glad you could join us today. We are for you. We hope you have a great day, and we hope you experience the reality of the kingdom of God in your rural community. Take care, everybody. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at ThinkOrange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at CrossroadsFarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.CrossroadsFarm.org Dirt Roads Network transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails. Happy trails.